0: Talking Church. Happy Independence Day. Whenever you're listening, whether it be on the 4th or afterwards, we hope you are celebrating your freedom. And we want to release an episode from conference, a breakout session from Pastor Rob, Aaron Johnson, and Ryan Williams talking about a dream within a dream. How do you, as a leader dream up new ideas and have vision when your lead pastor or maybe the person above you also has vision. So they talk about this, they answer questions from those who are at conference, and I know it's super valuable and had heard great feedback from those who are in this session saying, hey, that was amazing. So I wanted to share it with you all, and I'm sure we'll share some more breakout sessions in the future, but enjoy this conversation, a dream within a dream. Great
1: to see everybody. Uh, Hope you're full from Chick-fil-A. We'll keep you awake uh, I did the, a teaching. I'll jump right into it. It was called A Dream Within a Dream Within a Dream. And I, I referenced Inception. How many remember the movie Inception? You know, I watched it with my wife. And after I watched it with her, I'd watch it again on my own. Because she goes, what dream are we in? I'm not sure what dream. Whose dream? Is that real? Is that real? And, and by the way, you know, that was a confusing movie. You didn't know what dream you were in. But it was crazy that dreams fit within dreams fit within dreams. And I shared it with my staff and I said, Uh, we're amazing uh, creatures in that we have the ability to dream. We have the ability to dream of things, to daydream, to think of vision and to have that capacity. And um, when it came to our staff, um, I heard a, a thing by Steve Jobs and I thought it was so sad. It made me so sad because I disagreed with it. But he said this statement, he said, if you don't work for your dreams, someone will hire you to work for theirs. And I thought that's partially true if you're not a dreamer, but if you're a dreamer and the person you're working with has a big enough dream that your dream fits in it, that's an amazing thing. And I don't want to look for people that are like, come do Pastor Rob's dream. I was telling my whole team, I want you to know that your dream is big enough to fit into our dream. Okay. And God brought you here to be a dreamer, to dream within the dream here. And you are not just running the play. You, God's given you ability and creativity to do that. And sometimes a dream that's in your heart doesn't materialize in you. Um, David has a dream to build the temple and God's like, you can't. It's your dream, but guess what? This is gonna be a dream within a dream. Like your dream is here, but Solomon's dream is here. He's going to do, he doesn't even know it's his dream yet, but your dream is giving birth to his dream and really his destiny. And what he's going to do is going to be big enough to fit within the dream. Um, and as we talk about this in working uh, the dream within a dream, I couldn't work for a dream killer. I want to work with, for a dream releaser. Somebody wants to release it and say, let's go dream big and keep going. And so with that in mind, I've had these guys here. And um, I wanna tell you something way back that I said to Ryan uh, years ago. I saw the trajectory that Ryan was going on with worship. And he was an intern. If you don't know the story, he's an intern. He's leading worship up here. Um, First song he starts to sing, it's so anointed. I'm like, who's the new guy? And they said, I don't know, he's the intern. And I look, I said, intern guy, he's hired. He's hired. I didn't even know his name. I'm like, he's hired. And then I started to get a download of it. I'm like, not only is he hired, I think he's gonna be here writing songs, leading worship, taking our worship to another level. And, and my wife leans over, she goes, you don't even know his name yet. I'm like, I, don't, I could tell what's on this guy. But it was, it was a, and I said to him, after I hired him, I said, listen, I have, big pl- I have big plans and big vision and big dream. I think whatever God wants to do in you can stay here. But if it can't, I will be the first one to come to you and tell you, Ryan, God's dream for you is bigger than River Valley. We had you for a season. I release you to go chase the dream. Do you remember that day?
2: Uh, vividly remember that day. And when your leader comes to you and says something like that to you, it... um it changes your whole reality. And not that my heart wasn't already tied to him, but this guy was speaking out of, he was speaking out of the Holy Spirit's guidance. He was speaking out of peace, out of God confidence. He wasn't speaking out of insecurity. And so I was like, I'm gonna take a bullet for this guy, whatever he wants me to do. Um, I mean, and he sets it up well and he's just such an awesome leader. Side note for us, we are really spoiled to have him in the way that he he uh, leads, you know, in the sub context, the sub thread of this whole um, gathering is collaboration, really. It's a, and it's kind of a unique thing to collaborate kind of upwards with your lead pastor and um, also vice versa, the way that he collaborates down to us. It's a really special thing. He doesn't have to do that. He, God has given him a, a specific call and vision and plan. And the way that he kind of open-handedly brings us on the journey. He's been doing that consistently for years. And so I'll never forget that day.
1: And we still want you to stay around. (laughs) Somebody's like, he's hired. No, he's here. All right. So talk about um, the dream within a dream. Like that's how I'm leading. I'm like, there's a big dream. and, And I'll talk about from my chair about keeping your dream big. But talk about like, What's it like living out a dream within a dream?
3: Yeah, um, just to echo what Pastor Ryan said, <clears throat> I've really appreciated that your dream has been big enough, and the vision that you have for this place has been wide enough and big enough where a lot, so many people can feel fulfilled and like they can live within this uh, dream of yours. <clears throat> but I will say that doesn't just happen. I think Pastor Rob is really intentional with that, and I think there's a, there's a part. Uh, Of the staff to play. And I think um, also there's parts that the Lord works out. But one thing that comes to mind when I think about living within the lead pastor's vision is that I need to first and foremost submit what God has placed in my heart to the Lord. That is, if I don't do that, I run the risk of running sideways because I don't think God will operate outside of authority. And so me submitting any dreams that are in my heart to the Lord allows me to be in a position to serve Pastor Rob and the vision of the house. So that's number one. And secondly, like, the work, I alluded to this, the work of whether or not my dream aligns is really the Lord's. If I'm submitted, I'm in the best position to make that happen. And if I'm not, if my dream doesn't align or doesn't feel like it aligns with Pastor Rob's or the house, I can pray about it. And if I'm submitted, I think the Lord is either going to change my heart and my dream or the Lord's going to change Pastor Rob's vision and dream slightly to allow for that. Or he might move me on outside of this place. And that's okay too. I don't, I'm not wanting that, but like that could happen. But if, if you submit, the first step, submitting to the Lord is the, f- the best way to serve your lead pastor and put your heart in a position to
2: honor what's going on here. This kind of dream within a dream collaboration thing, it, it takes me to this um, study that I was looking at a few weeks ago. And it said the kind of the old way of thinking when it comes to collaboration and aligning with vision is, you know, collaboration is a fallback plan. That you resort to when you can't get the job done on your, on your own. And that's when you feel like, okay, I'm going to bring other people's resources and time and energy and cooperation in on this because I can't do it by myself and I really wanted to, but now I'm settling. The new way of thinking is collaboration and partnership with your team is the new normal and it's essential in co-creating transformative ideas that bring people to Christ. And Pastor Rob, um, I remember, I remember, you know, these uh, real intimate moments where as a songwriter, Ryan Williams with his songwriter hat on, would bring new songs to him or bring like kind of the sneak peek of the new album that we were working on. And he is such a good collaborator that he, he, he wouldn't beat around the bush. Like some of our best songs that went on to being like super successful, he tore those things apart, but in a good way. Because there's a lot of trust built up over time, and I never took that as a wound or as a um, something personal. It was like those feedback moments actually made that song better, and then voila, it goes on to do what it did. Um, so it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be in a collaborative leadership space with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, we talked about the size
3: of Pastor Rob's dream and vision. I think it's also really important if you're a staff member here and you're wanting to serve is not having too narrow of a dream and being open to what it all could be. So I learned this years ago. When I first became on staff here, my, the, what the church needed from me at that time was to be a drummer, actually. And I drummed for every service for like 10 years. <laughs> and then as the church grew, I needed to be a music director and a drummer. And as it's grown and grown, if my dream stopped there of like, I'm to be a drummer, I would have missed out on a lot of other things. So what I think what God allowed my heart to come in alignment with was I want to serve and build a church. That's my dream. So the, I could do that lots of different ways. I could do that music. I could do that pastoring. I could do that running the parking lot team. I, you know what I mean? There's a million things that I could do if that is my dream. So being open to what, how wide can you make your dream really? And w- what ways can you serve? Great question. Lord, what does the church need from me right now?
1: What, what's in me that can
3: serve the church? I think it's just a great
1: question to ask. And on that thought, I would say, if you prove yourself in your current capacities, you give yourself the permission to chase after the dreams that are in your heart. Because as a leader, like we've got a dream for our church and you've got an area that you're running responsible for whatever, but maybe it's not your dream, but it's your responsibility. If you don't handle your responsibility, I don't wanna let you chase your dream. Mm -hmm. But when you handle your responsibility and you say, now this dream is in my heart, I'm like, talk to me. Because I'm seeing the results of your ministry. And so I'm like, now... I want to empower you to do your dream. But a lot of people are like, well, I'm really not living my dream. And I'm like, I can tell because you're dropping the ball and you're not. But when AJ is running with it and then he says, I've got this idea. I'm like, I'm listening. What else you got? Ryan's like, Hey, we have this idea. We want to go to this California song, right? I'm like, I'm listening. What's your dream? Because their, their current responsibilities are being handled. And so I'm, I'm saying, let's go after your dream. What else you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, I got lots of stuff Joe, over here. Okay. He had all sorts of notes. I was like, is you way have prepared. To be,
3: you have to be visionary in your thinking. You got to be visionary. If, if you're going to serve under a visionary leader, you got to have vision for yourself. And so what, I, what comes to my mind is, like you were saying, are my responsibilities being, you know, what I'm responsible for, is that happening? but I need to look beyond what I'm responsible for in an appropriate way. I'm not going to go around people, but like this entire thing should be my responsibility. This ent- Whatever we're doing, we're going to, our goal of sending 500 missionaries, that's in your heart. Okay, I guess that's, I'm on, I'm on board with that. And so what can I do with the gifts that are already in me to do that? I, I got to think visionary. I got to go, okay, what is in there? My gifts fall in line with this. There's gotta be some alignment that I can f- figure out. So I have to go, this entire service, w- every weekend, I'm responsible for it. If I can see something to make it better, I'm gonna try and make it better. That's a huge way to serve your your lead pastor.
2: Yeah, a couple of years ago when the 500 missionaries' bullseye became like crystallized, like this is who we are and this is what we're about. It's like, I trust this man. So all of a sudden it's like, we need to get better at writing songs that, that are the soundtrack for that, for that movement, for that vision. And that's something that we, we're doing um, this year in a new way. And those things will be coming out in the next few years, the next few months. But it's like, okay, he turned the ship this way. All right, this is my gift. This is what I'm passionate about. How do I take that gift and that passion and continue to support the shift or the change or the new bullseye? Uh,
1: let me talk to you about... Um staying ahead. I I mentioned that I have the attitude of the coach. Um, I don't, I don't get it when pastors want everything to be about them. You know what I mean? When they're the lead pastor and they, I'm like, I'm not the quarterback. I'm the coach. And I'm thrilled with everybody that God's put on the team. And I've got this dream and I want a bunch of people that also have dreams. Like if, if I was a, NFL coach, I would want my quarterback to have a dream of hoisting the Lombardi truck. Like that's, I would want them to have that dream. And I'd want other people to have dreams that I'd be like, yep, that dream, that dream. And I wouldn't be like, hey, 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 stop throwing so many touchdown passes. You're taking the light off of me as the coach. I want, I want, I want to say like, I hired that person. I, I'm empowering that person. I'm giving them that ability to dream. And so to me, when these guys come to me with dreams, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm not like, Hey, don't try to hog the light. The light's on me. I'm like, no, the light's on Jesus. Let's, if we're not hogging the light. We're intensifying the light and making it bigger. And hey, stretch me. And so what I've had to do is stay ahead of them. And the things that I've done is I've had to try to find, uh, downtime, away time, um, even set time to dream. And part of my job as leader is to keep dreaming and staying ahead. And so on all of my flights, when I travel, and I travel a lot, on my return flight, it's always dream vision time. It's always, so that's just kind of a rule. On the way to wherever I'm going, I'll read a book, watch a movie, do whatever. But on the way back, it's vision, it's dream. I wanna stay ahead of my team. And then when I land, it's funny, You know, my assistant will say like, what's on the list? Where's the list? Where's the paper? Where's the dreams? The staff almost is like, here it comes. Is it, which ones are good and which ones are stupid? Here we go. And not all of them are good, by the way, you know, but you have to find that time and to to stay ahead. And if you don't, you're in a dangerous spot when your staff is dreaming ahead of you and, and so as a leader, stay ahead of them in the dream. Find that time, get set time, dream time, and, and do that.
2: To truly function in this like, kind of paradigm, this context, I was, I was thinking of this amazing story that I heard about um, a young church planner who, who was going to New York City. Um, it's not that church planner. It's not that church. It's a different church. Um, and Tim Keller, rest in peace, Tim Keller said, he, he got like 10 minutes with Tim Keller and Tim Keller said, you have to know two things. If you're going to come to New York City, you have to know two things. One, you will never be bigger than New York. I'm going somewhere with this. You are not going to be able to come and build some great thing that is bigger than this city. This city will always be bigger than you. So this first thing that you will need, you will need gospel humility. Two, you have to have a sense that you are bringing something unique to the kingdom ecosystem of New York. You have to feel that you have something to offer that doesn't exist and is needed. Otherwise, join something already. You know, do something that's already here. Don't don't come and try to start something new. It will be too hard without a clear sense of this purpose. So number two, you will need gospel confidence. These equal doses of God humility and God confidence, this kind of self-awareness to know, I'm not. I'm never going to be bigger than this amazing thing that God has created at River Valley. I have a specific part to play. There's the gospel humility, humility piece. And then also the God confidence. There's a calling on my life. I have something unique to say under the alignment and the vision of Pastor Rob. And I'm going to try to bring that with tenacity every time we connect, dream, plan. So it's those equal doses, gospel humility, gospel confidence.
3: Amazing. Uh, Pastor Rob, you alluded to this, but like when a staff member or Ryan comes to you and talks to you about something, it just brings to my mind the importance of like open communication both ways. If you come back from your trip and you aren't able to download to us your dream or where how it's shifting and clearly communicate that we're going to be really off a little bit and not be in in step with you. And so it's so valuable that you are regularly downloading to us, but then Talk about, have you ever had, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but like a uh, staff member come up and say, I, this is a
1: dream I have. And you're like, I'm, that's not in my heart at all. Yeah, Oh, all the time. People, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, they really do. I mean, and usually like I can give, tell you like, like, hey, I really think we're supposed to start a food shelf or something. I'm like, that's not our call. That's not our calling. We're not doing the food shelf. There's tons of them out there. We should join them. We should find volunteers. We should go there. Let's do that. But- all the time, people have, hey, I really want to do whatever. We're going to do a youth center. Nope, we're not going to do a youth center. We've got wonderful buildings. We don't need a youth center. We have the capacity to hold it. We don't need to, do- but people see other things that other people are doing, and they go, I like that, or maybe God's calling them to join them, And but they think it needs to be here. So it happens a lot. And, and I'll say, nope, that's not, that's not our dream. We know who we are and we know what we're doing. And the good news is that we don't change it. It's not like it was 500 two years ago and now we're on to something different. We're still in the 500 and we're there. So we know our dream, but it does happen a lot. And what I wanna tell you is when you have a dream and you submit it to your leader, allow your leader to redirect your dream, Okay. Think about this, Mount of Transfiguration. You got Elijah, you got Moses, you've got Jesus, Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter says, should we build three temples here for you? Should we do that? You know, and Jesus is like, no. Think about that. Peter's like, I got a vision, three temples and they're gonna be awesome. And Jesus is like, nope, not even a good idea. You know, like- not going to do it. And, and Peter doesn't say, well, then I'm going over. Judas and I are going to start a new church and start our own temple. Cause he's disgruntled with you too. You know, like he didn't do that. He's like, okay, not a good idea. What, what should I do? You know? And sometimes there's just a passion in you. That's like, I want to take ground. Is this what we should do? And is this a good dream? And it's like, nope, allow them to redirect your dream. And By the way, I can tell you that I have had to do that with tons of people in the congregation too. And let me vamp on this for and just go off a tangent for kingdom builders. People will come to me and say, like, hey, I want to do this, and, and this is where I think we should spend our money. And I'm like, nope, that's not what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this. And usually it's a pretty strong person in your church, and usually it's a pretty strong giver. They've got an idea of what your dream should be because. They don't want their dream to fit within your dream. They want to start a new dream. And then they'll say to you, I'll give you $50,000 if we'll start this new inner city outreach center. Now you want the $50,000, but the outreach center really costs a million. So they just gave you a $950,000 bill. Their dream costs you 950 grand. Okay. The beautiful thing about kingdom builders, if you're not doing that already in your church, when you have a big enough vision with kingdom builders, and you say, we're going to do these churches, and this is our inner city thing, and this is where our next campus is going to be, you have a big enough vision that people with money don't start suggesting new vision to you. They come within the vision, and if they're like Peter, and they're like, I really want to do youth center, you're like, not our deal. Did you look at the Kingdom Builder's book this year? We're doing these 10 projects. That's where we can consider that for next year, but this year we need your 50 grand for these projects that God has placed on our heart. So I'm just telling you, not only will your staff do it, people in your church will do it. So if you're not staying ahead of your church with the dream, they'll come in. And for the first 10 years of our church, like I was having people that were sliding checks across the table. We want to start a youth center. We want to do this for the kids. I want to start an inner city thing. And I'd receive the check. And then I had to give it back to them because it's designated money. And because we never started youth center, I have to give them back 50,000. And then you got to say like, hey, we're not going to be able to start the youth center now I'm worried I'm going to have them offended, quit the church. I wasn't prepared. So I'm just letting you know that staff come to me and do it and people in the church do it. And, and it's beautiful when they, when they let you redirect their passion and it's stronger for you when you have a big enough vision that they don't try to give new vision, if that makes sense. Uh, I have a
3: question. Um, back to, in terms of like communication, I feel like you as a leader are very, very empowering and you give us like a big playground and we can explore and kind of do what we want to do. But when is the right time and the right way and the right circumstance of, to like bring something to you and say, hey, this is in my heart. What, can we do this? What do you think about that? After like, a good
1: offering, <laughs> like if we have a really good offering that week. No, i just kidding. Uh, I think there's a rhythm to ideas. Like, like I'm getting ideas right now that I'm going to implement in February. Does that make sense? And you, you want to make sure, like, like, if you come with the idea, it's great to come with the idea anytime. But if you have a time limit with it, that's where it gets trickier. Because if you say, hey, we want to do a new recording and we need to do it in three months, we've already got the date and we've got a studio lined up, if it works, and we're wondering if you have that, if you will give us the green light for the vision. I'm like, oh, okay, do you already have, did, is there money down on this? Are we losing money? Did you already, you know, but if you say, hey, we want to do this recording and we really want to do it and we think this is the next one, tell, okay. I'm interested. Let's look at when are we going to plant that idea in the ground? When are we going to expect it to grow? When is it going to come to fruition? But so you can always bring ideas. It's terrible to bring ideas with you, the start date is imminent because now I feel like you're pressuring me to do it. And if I don't do it, I don't want to be the bad pastor, you know? And it's even worse if you've told people. Like wow, we had a team yeah. rally. And we shared with everybody the vision to start this, Now the recording in three months. So now I'm either going to embarrass you or do something I don't want to do. So you can always bring ideas and dreams, but know when there's, don't have a date on when it has to happen because that, that will make it awkward for us.
2: You're talking about the staff member mindset. I remember a tool that I learned from you a couple of years ago where, you would go into a meeting or a situation and you'd have kind of a ratio figured out in your head of how much you've already decided on the solution. You know, 60%, 70%. Maybe if it's a, a group of trusted, experienced individuals, maybe that ratio is a lot lower. Maybe it's like, I only got 40% of this figured out
1: and I'm going to have that other 60% be figured out by the team. I'll share that. Um, I actually wrote that in my notes here too. So... When you have a dream for where you want to go and you want to empower your team to dream with you, because you have to, in today's day and age, you have to empower the team to dream with you. If you don't, they won't work. It's like they want to have part ownership in the dream. The first church I was in, it was kind of like, here's what we're doing. This is what you'll do and you'll like it. And I was like, okay, great. You know, any new dream was like, not our dream. You want to start your own church? Give me your two weeks notice. You know, it was like, no, really, I just had an idea. Yeah, not not my idea. So it was, you do what you were told. If you do that today, your team quits. So you got to collaborate, but there's ideas in your mind. So what I said is, a lot of times I'm dreaming about where we're going to go, and I have it about 80% done in my mind. But I show up to the team with a posture that I have 60% of it done. Okay. So we have a team meeting. Okay. Does this make sense? Like, let's, let's say we're doing something in worship and I, I have an idea of where I want to go. It's 80% done in my mind, but I show up and I say, Hey, here's what I'm thinking. And I have a posture that I only have 60% of it figured out. And as they populate the ideas that are part of my 20%, does this make it sense? I go, great idea, AJ. Awesome. Now I already had that idea and I'm, I'm waiting for everybody to check the boxes and then Ryan throws it out. I go, awesome idea, Ryan, perfect. You know, and we're filling in the 20 and, and, and what happens is they're owning it. Now I don't go, no, you know, I already had that idea. That's not what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna let them own that because they're populated. And then what happens is the energy starts to build from the team And then we find 15% more. And if you've done the math, 80 plus 15 is 95. You never have 100% of it figured out. If you can get to 95, it's amazing, okay? And so I want that momentum going from 60 to 80. And then all of a sudden we get to 95% and then we launch. And then we'll figure out the 5% more while we're launching. But that's the posture that I had to learn how to take as a leader Because I noticed that if I went in and said, hey, we're doing this, 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 and it was 80% done, we never found the creative juices to find the 15%. And they felt like they didn't own it. So I I backed up to 60, repopulated the 20, and then found the 15. I hope that helps you because to me, that's a great way to lead in today's world where people want to throw in ideas and it's beautiful when they're part of it and they own it more. That's great. I've never heard you say that. You never heard that one.
3: It? No, but that's great. I was just as you were saying that. It's like uh, that's really reminds me of like our creative process and when we're doing like e- events or like opener things or songs. It's like try to get as many voices in the room as possible to like dream up the ideas together instead of one person just coming in and saying this is exactly what we're doing.
2: This is Aaron's going back in his brain of all the ideas he thought he had. And it's all yeah. being deconstructed. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm not as smart as I thought. (laughs)
1: Exactly. (laughs) So do we want to, you have anything else you want to share? Do you want to open up to questions? Because I think think we've seeded this with enough and I'd love to hear your questions. And uh, are we taking one of the mics out there into the crowd? And we're going to pop up questions. Now, if you remember the last year, the breakout session, the first question was like, is there life on other planets or something like that? remember? And I was like, okay, sure there are. All
0: right. All right. Next pressure's question. on. It's got to be don't a ask good that. question. No. All right. I wrote it down just so I wouldn't forget it. So uh, when, when vision aligns, so I'm coming from this from a standpoint of I'm a volunteer right now uh, in youth ministry. So I have a youth pastor um, and our vision aligns like 99.9% of the time. Uh, but sometimes our methods of execution don't. So we both have the same idea and like where we're wanting to go, and like I'm totally in track with what he's trying to do. But sometimes the way we go about doing it, we have different ideas. So how do you kind of handle that tension of like, okay, I had one way of going about doing this, and it's the same end goal, but the method's different.
1: You know what I would say is give a midpoint update with enough time for correction. Like, hey, this is what you want to get done this is what I was thinking, bing, 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 bing. And then you, then the leader can go with enough time for you to still make corrections. Like, no, add this to it or don't focus on that, but let's, let's yeah, let's do this. And you give a midpoint because a lot of times we act like we're doing the big reveal for our leader. They asked us to do something and so we own it and then we go, ta-da! And they go, close. And then you're devastated, like close. When if you'd have just given them a midpoint, you know, opportunity to speak into it, they'll appreciate it and you'll get it closer to the target. And then the other thing is, as the leader, you just gotta be happy that it was close to what you wanted. I can't tell you how many times I've gone and go like, I wouldn't have done it that way. But I didn't have to do that. And they did it. And we multiplied our effectiveness and I am not going to make them feel bad. And I'm going to give them constructive criticism at the end on some things that they can do better. But I am not going to say, what? That, I, here's how I would have done it. Well, because then you just squash it. So I had to learn to be happy with if they can get it to 80% of what I wanted, I was happy. And I was going to sing their praises and then give them feedback. Like, I'm trying to think what I just did, uh, like feedback from somebody from the other day and I gave them all, here's how I would do it better. Oh, I I remember what it was. Um, Where was I? I was at an event and they didn't even ask for it. They didn't even ask for the feedback. But after the event, I typed up a thing for them. Where was I at? You're like, who do you do this for? I I did it. I I gave it to somebody the other day and they didn't eat. Oh, it was the fundraiser. It was uh, the fundraiser for College Golf Fellowship. He didn't even ask for it. And I wrote a one-page review of his event. And after he texted me and said, hey, glad you were there. And I said, man, we had a great time. And he said, if you have any ideas, I said, as a matter of fact. And and I said to him like six, I had six points all laid out. I said, I just kind of did this on the plane after I left here. He didn't even realize like I'm thinking that way and he gave me permission. And he's like, like, I think he texted back like, I'll take it under advisement. And I I just left it there like, Take it or leave it. I don't care, but this is my thought. I'm trying to make you better. Like I literally am cheering you on. So can you, take feed, can, you, can you ask for feedback afterwards? And can you give a midway permission and to the leader, can you celebrate 80% was how you wanted it?
2: One other thing about that is uh, to your question, hopefully maybe over a few years time, maybe you guys are still on the team year after year after year, you can collect kind of this body of work You know, AJ and I both, we have like an incredible amount of notes and insights from all these things we've done over the years of things that he loves and doesn't love. And we just have collected that info. And every time you do something that's repeating a conference, an event, a special moment, you have all of this good data from year after year in your head to where, you know, he doesn't have to give the same feedback twice most of the time.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know. And it's huge trust. Huge trust. So I'm like, go run with it. They've earned it. So Love yeah. it. Good question. Brandon, where are you from? Brandon from Iowa. Good question, Brandon from Iowa. Here we have Larry. Larry,
2: where, where are you from? Osceola, What's your question? Wisconsin. Osceola, Wisconsin. Yeah, hi. Um,
3: we absolutely love the worship here, and I want to commend you guys for that. I'm curious, on a typical weekend, when we experience and participate in the worship, how much of that is Pastor Rob, and how much of that is stuff you guys generate? It's always all Pastor Rob. (laughs) It's always Pastor
1: Rob. Oh, no. Uh, No, uh, we're, a lot of times, I'm just surprised like everybody else. You don't know this, like in our team rally, um, I said this to the staff. I said, I'm so looking forward to conference because I don't know anything that's coming. I know you think that sounds crazy, but I did not go over this. I did not refine it. I didn't critique it. I trust my team so much that I'm going to give them an afterwards thing of like, hey, here's how I might've done this differently, but I trust them. And I mean, I literally, like I had not seen the opener until you did. I didn't see the worship set until you did. I, I trust them so much. And the same thing with the weekend. I'm like, I trust them. And so when we, when you see something that happens on the weekend, it's a collaboration. Everybody's doing uh, their area and what they're gifted at and where to go for it. But we've tweaked things in like between first service and second service. um, We've tweaked them and I'll give them correction. And hey, that's not going to work. Don't, don't do that. Uh, But yeah, I trust them. And so they're really running with it.
3: I think, I mean... It's also, I think, important to say like that's been built up over 13, 14, 15 years (laughs) or however long we've been here. You know, like it hasn't always been quite this free, I think. I think years ago we would probably collaborate with you a lot more on this is the set we're doing this weekend. You get with these songs. This is what we're doing. Like, you know, Sparkle Conference. Now Pastor Becca doesn't necessarily come to the opener rehearsals. But years ago, We had lots of,
1: uh, like, check-ins along the way. And there's huge trust. Like, okay, we used to have another worship leader, and I'll say it because you would know who it was, but Jeff Kerr. And he's here. Is anybody Jeff Kerr? All right. So Jeff Kerr pastors Homestead, and he was our worship leader. But he's he's got this Canadian sense of humor that he always just wants to tweak you just a little bit, just a little bit. Like I I'll never forget we were doing a a, a a volunteer celebration and it was like back to the prom and everybody dressed up like the prom and he just showed a scene from the like the movie Carrie. Remember that? Just just a scene, but not the bad scene, but just enough that it registered in my mind, like, oh my, and then it went away, and I looked at him, and he's like, ha, ha, you know, <laughs> and you don't know this, like, years ago for Sparkle, he, he did this Sparkle song, and one of our staff that was really large, like, rips his shirt off and danced shirtless, and I was like, no! Like, that was rough. Yeah, Jeff always just pushed the line It was me, a I, little. I lost a lot of weight, it was me. Yeah. I did it. And and Jeff always, so with Jeff, I was always like, what are you doing? What are you doing tonight? What is there any surprises? Do I have to hire counselors for people afterwards? Like what, you know, I was like, on edge, but with these guys, I'm not like that. You know,
3: there are still times where we'll go, Hey, like, for example, this whole set used to look different a couple weeks ago and we changed it for conference and he didn't know about it, I don't think, or he had heard about it through, but like, I think Caleb, production director, he texted him the week before. It's like, hey, it's going to look different. It's going to be good. Just to prep you a little bit. So you're not like, what? No one talked to me. I
1: I barely miss anything. Like I walk into our, uh, building, like we were walking through looking at all the decorations and they had just put them up and I'm looking at all the decorations and I go, that corner's falling down. And like our guy over the building building stuff looks at he and goes, wow, I didn't even see that. I mean, I can't help it. I see it. And so I, I critique it and they're like, they knew I'd walk in and go, why are the panels moved? What's going on here? What happened? You know, so they gave me fair warning, but all right. somebody else. We got, dream within a dream. Yeah. We got a question right here, Pastor Rob. Name yeah, my name is Ryan from Michigan and uh,
2: just so blessed by your guys' ministry. You guys are phenomenal leaders. Thank you for all that you guys do. Um, my question is when it comes to like a grid or key performance indicators for if you're winning, do you guys have a grid for River Valley? And then has that changed since uh, Ryan has just taken over worship and now you're doing creative? Because I,
1: I, if I'm, my memory serves me, Ryan, you were doing creative and worship at one point and has that changed or has it always been the same? So the first part was, is there like a metrics or a grid grid that we know if we hit it? Yeah, for like wins, for a service or an event. Like if that is something for you guys, how do you guys interpret wins? I think it's simplified. Um, One of our values is we value the presence of God. And we have a saying, one moment in the presence of God can change everything. And so when you want to know what our grid is for the weekend, literally that's the score. We're, we're looking for two things, like people to get saved and did we have the moment in the presence of God? Like, did we feel the manifest presence of God? Like, that's our score. Like if you say, did the special music land? Did the video land? Did the illustration land? We don't even sweat that anymore. We're just like, did that happen? Did the one moment in the presence of God happen that he did more than we could ever plan? So that's what we're sweating. And if there's ever a call that I'll make, I'll be like, I don't think we had it tonight. What do we need to change? Like, I don't think we had it. Like, I'll do better on the sermon. What can you do better on the worship? Um, Can we add a special music number? Like- those calls are pretty rare, but it'll be on a Saturday night and I'll be like, I don't think we had it. I, I Like we, we missed it. Did we get distracted? What did we do wrong? So that's our score. As simple as it is, did we have that moment? And we're all looking for that moment in the service. And then um, how has it changed between you guys going from you to you?
3: Uh, I'll say this. Pastor, I've had like just the absolute honor of working alongside Pastor Ryan for l- so many years. Literally, I've this is the only church that I've worked at full time ever. I was like contracting before I got here somewhere else, but like this is the only church I've really known. And the entire time I've been here, I've been alongside Pastor Ryan. And I uh, so much value our. Friendship, relationship, working relationship. His strengths are one way, my strengths are a different way. And we are, I have had so many amazing years of collaboration with Pastor Ryan. Uh, the creative department, as recently as last year, was kind of segmented. We had, uh, what we called the creative department, which was worship and production. And then we had what was called the experience team, which was film, design, and communications. And uh, the pastor over the experience team uh, resigned and moved on with uh, what God was doing with him. All good. That allowed us to put creative into one team, which has been a huge joy. And so I'm overseeing that right now. And um, the the synergy, the unity among all the creative departments. I. I feel like our church can feel that and see that. And there's just a lot of health with that. So that's kind of answering your question, I think. Um, And then Brian is still obviously leading worship and he is leading the charge of all the songwriting at the church. And God has put so much amazing gift in him in that. And so we still work together all the time and we're very collaborative. And I run every idea I've ever had by him because he's the smartest guy I know. So... (laughs)
2: Great. We have a question right
0: here. Hi, I'm Rhoda. I'm from Minnesota. And like, okay, so when someone has those dreams that they want to start like a food shelter or something, and they like continuously like
1: bring it up and you just keep on like denying it, how do you gain their trust? Okay, so what I've realized though is not everybody is is supposed to stay here. Um, I know that sounds crazy. I'm not saying get out of here. I'm saying you might be here for a season and the dream that's in you is for someday or the dream that's in you is prompting you that you're actually supposed to join something else. It's not a bad thing. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but like when people leave our church, I'm not like, you defected, you know, and, and get out of here. You're dead to me. Like I see Paul, you know, I mean, I'm looking at him and he he sent me a text on his first Sunday in Hudson. And he's like, this is is awesome. I'm celebrating that because we're not building the kingdom of Rob. We're building the kingdom of God. And so I just want you to be nice to us when you leave and, and, you know, like, and let's be nice to each other. But like, so if somebody said, I really want a food shop, really, I, I might say, hey, you know, maybe you need to pursue that. Like maybe God's stirring in you, you need to pursue that. You're not our enemy. And I tell everybody, if you've been here four years and you, God calls you somewhere else, We'll bless you wherever you want to go. I just need four years of faithful service before I'll celebrate you. Now, if you want to leave after two, you can leave, but we're not going to go like, we're so grateful for the two years that, you know, Tom's been here. No, we're not going to do that. You're going to leave and we're not going to celebrate. You know, we're not going to be mad at you, but if you give us four, that's a, a good tenure. We'll celebrate you leaving. Now, let me speak to this. I didn't speak to it earlier, but I think this is a good spot. If you're in a place where you feel like your dream isn't being fulfilled, these are things that I wrote down. Are you, number one, in a place of obedience? Did God call you where you're at? Okay, listen for the release. If not, stay in the place of obedience. Number two, are you just in a season of life fulfilling a promise? Like you said, you'd give River Valley four years and you're at three and you got one more year to go. Fulfill the promise, okay? On top of that, ask yourself, Lord, while I'm here, am I adding things to my life that will help me in my dream? Think about this. Jacob worked for his father-in-law, Laban. It was not his dream to work for Laban. But while he was there, you know what he added? He added a business, a whole flock that was his. He he started a, a farming business while he was working for Laban. It was never his dream. He also added a family. He got a wife, a couple of them, you know what I mean? And he, and he yeah, right? And he adds to it. You know, the story. you know the story. But so while he was there living within Laban's dream, God's like, now look what I've done for you. I've given you a family and I've given you a business and I've given you a way to go back to your brother Okay. So you just say, God, what am I gaining while I'm living within this dream? Okay. And then there it might be needed development time that's there. And then you just need to know when it's time to move on. Like Jacob was told by God, like, there's like, it's time for you to move on now. And Jacob's like, hey, we're leaving. And he didn't obviously even do it the right way. He sneaks out of town you know, and I don't know what his father-in-law would have done, but we know what he—we know that Jacob's like, "All right, let's go, let's go, let's sneak out, let's go." Um, but there was a time that he had to leave. But look at what he gained while he was living within Laban's dream. And so, ask yourself, like, okay, if my food shelf dream is being tabled, am I gaining? And and I'll wait for God to give me the release to pursue it. And if you've been faithful there, I hope that your pastor would say, you know what, praise God, it's been a dream of yours. You've shared this for three years with me. We're gonna give some money to you through Kingdom Builders to help that food shelf start. That's the way I'd hope your pastor would respond. So ask yourself, are you adding those things while you're living within a dream that isn't really your dream? Amazing, here we go. We got a question right here. And then we have time for a couple more, all right. Hi, I'm Wendy from Cambridge and you're obvious all leaders and you've explained really well how you guys will approach Pastor Rob. But I'm wondering how that looks. Obviously God's given the vision and there's obedience and as his spirit works, but in humility, what does it look like when maybe a trusted team member approaches you or any of you and says something that maybe God does a shift in your own heart where you're like, you know what? Yeah, that might not have been a God idea. Maybe it was a, a Rob or a Ryan idea or an Aaron idea. And the team member brought something to you and you're like, yeah. Does that make sense? I'll let you guys talk on that for a little bit, but um, I've always felt this way as a leader. Remember I said, you're going to find 95% and you find the 5% on the way. Like we're not infallible. Like we get impressions, we get thoughts, we get ideas god brings other people in and one of the mysteries that i don't understand about following god that i'm i love but i'm perplexed by is i'll be like we're going here and and after like 2 years god's like no you're going over here and i'm like why did we go here to go here how come we just didn't go here and i don't understand like and the only way that i can like make sense of it is like Think about rivers. Rivers make no sense. They're just crooked. They're like, here, 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 here. And then it went like 187 miles. And if it went straight, it was 12. And I'm like, if rivers take, like there's just something about not going in straight lines, if that makes sense. And so I've just had to rest in like, okay, God, here's where I think, all right, here you brought them and here, okay, you know I'm not and i and and I guess i I more often than not, i'm like, this is a pretty good idea, I don't do thus saith the Lord's anymore, you know what I mean I'm like, this is a pretty good idea, I think God's in it, you know uh, versus thus saith the Lord, this is what we will do, or else, and so I just i'm i am i am amazed by it, so it, God gets you there and and he also had to teach me this, the detour still gets you to your destination. It's not the straight line that I wanted, but I still got there. And I I don't understand the detours of God, but in his wisdom, he brings me here to get me here instead of just here. So
3: That's really, really good. I I mean, I feel that too. If I, in the creative department, am leading something, I'm like, I think this is what we're supposed to do. (laughs) And I'm going to, there's very few things where I'm like, God told me this. This is exactly what we're going to do. It's like, like we were just saying, I think this is what we're supposed to do. And a lot of times, if I can say this, like I'm going to take a step of faith and maybe, you know, I think my foot's supposed to go here. I think this is what we're supposed to do. And then I'm looking for is God in that? Is he blessing that? Is is this still feel like what it's going to, what we're supposed to do? So things that are in my heart, I feel like I try to hold them pretty pretty loosely. And the team under me, I I try to create um, an environment where I do want feedback from the team, and because I want to know, like, what am I missing? What am, am I missing something? Am I do I have blind spots? I like, I would love for them to be able to tell me that and create an environment where, and that may or may not change my mind. But uh, as much as you know, you need a lead. We're also trying our best to follow the Lord. And that might change. And so dreams change, things change. The risk of going and having to change is less to me than just sitting and waiting until the perfect environment, which you would never move then. And so I would rather
2: do the other thing than that. I mean, three really just important pillars come to mind when it comes to, you know, defining, oh, who, this person's a great leader. Why is that? You know, self-awareness, emotional intelligence, Spiritual maturity. There have been key times in my ministry where I knew it was almost like a, a growth step for me. Something got messed up and it was really my responsibility. And I needed to go to somebody who was, you know, under me in the organization and say, that's not me. I screwed that up. It's my responsibility. I had to become (laughs) more okay with saying stuff like, that was my problem. I messed it up or I'm sorry. Forgive me or as a leader, getting more comfortable with saying, I don't know, I don't know yet, but we're going to come up with a solution, you know? As a younger leader, I've, I kind of felt like that pressure to anytime someone came to me with something, I had to make something up as an answer. Or if I screwed something up, it, it became harder and harder to say, oh, you know what, that's on me.
1: It's good. This is actually uh, going to be our last question. Uh, and so we will uh, finish after this one, and I'm sure you guys will be sticking around if anyone wants to come up to you afterwards. But
2: I'm Courtney. I'm from Minnesota, and for the Department of Worship and you guys writing, when there's a shift in Rob's like spirit or vision, and he's like, "Okay, I think I want the next album to go this way," how do you guys personally navigate? Um, the shift in your own spirit to be able to actually write from a place of authenticity and from the Holy Spirit and not just throwing words on a page or writing something that like, oh, like the youth students really like this music right now. Let's write something like this or let's throw this in there because it's going to be really hyped up during a song or something like that, if that makes sense. Uh we've seen just the help and the evidence of the Holy Spirit just in the community, in our team, in our relationships that help fill those gaps. You know, we've seen it go both ways where um some guys on the team last uh, last year, was that last year now, wrote a song called Ask Seek Pray, it ended up being the theme of the year for the church. And that's not really it has nothing to do with those guys who wrote the song. It has more to do with the Holy Spirit's work in our community, helping piece together things, bring together alignment. And uh, to address your question, you know, if Pastor Rob has a shift, you're taking your cues from him. And so part of that is is a real practical side to the answer of like, you just get to work and you figure it out. And, you know, if you're talking about a, a theme song or a song that has to do with a particular theme, you probably write about 15 songs of that theme, 15 bad songs to find the one that will work.
1: Uh, I'll jump in on this. My first pastor, I was also a worship leader, um, youth pastor, and worship leader. And he used to come in on Sunday morning and hand me a list of four songs that we were going to sing that morning. Like we're in rehearsal, I've already picked out the four songs we're going to sing, and he'd come in and go, "Hey, on the way to church today, I heard these on KTIS." I think we should sing these. I'd be like, we don't have the music for these. We don't know these ones. He's like, you should sing these. And then he'd walk away. And I'm like, okay. And I mean, does anybody know the songs? And we try to sing as many of the four that we, could. I mean, so I try to not to do that to them. I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. Now afterwards, I may be like, yeah, I'm not sure I resonate with that one. You know, give me the, the are you sure that it's worth the payoff? I mean, like, I, you know, like I, I'll, I'll talk back and forth with them on it but I don't suggest it. Um, the other thing is I'm not obsessed about what's current. Remember, I go back to the one moment in the presence of God, changes anything, everything. So I just want that. So I don't care if it's on the theme or not. If we have the moment, I'm for that. Another thing is I try to give them the theme way in advance. They're like, we can better prepare if we know what the yearly theme is, you know, the, the vision statement uh, there. And then the last thing is, I'll say this, I I had in my notes and it's too good to pass up. If you want a bunch of dreamers on your team that will dream within a dream, you gotta celebrate their dream. You have to celebrate their dream. And I'll give you a great illustration of that. I speak a lot all around the world and I'll never forget, I was in Australia, got a driver and he's just being respectful, driving me into the speaking thing. And he says, oh, where are you at? And I said, River Valley, oh, great. And um, all of a sudden he's driving and he goes, river valley worship and i'm like yeah and he goes takes out his phone puts it on the car and he's playing our music and he goes i listen to you guys all the time now rob ketterling was preaching that day not river valley worship and he didn't know who i was from anybody but as soon as we said river valley worship he's like river valley worship Now i didn't go hey rob Ketterling's pretty good i've written a couple books (laughs) have you read any of my books you know Instead, I just like, I know. Can you believe that? They're singing our songs around the world. You should hear our latest stuff. There's a new song we're singing on our church. You wait till we release it to the world. And I'm, do you know how excited I am for our worship team? And I'm, and I don't try to say like, Hey, look at me. I'm the dreamer that no, I'm, I celebrate their dream. And I go, and when we travel around with missions, I'm like, Justin Mack with Missions, we're celebrating. I mean, Logan does our network at our conference. I am celebrating the dreamers and so excited about them. And I'm not trying to say, hey, 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 don't forget about me. I am thrilled for them. And I want to see their dreams grow and I celebrate. So if you want a lot of dreamers on your team, celebrate the dreamers and have a dream big enough that you can celebrate them and cheer them on. So I celebrate your dream. You guys are doing, am- aren't they doing an amazing job with the yeah. worship and the songs and amazing?
0: I love that conversation with Pastor Rob, AJ, and Ryan. Always do a fantastic job with worship all the songs that we release and of course making room for that dream you can listen to all of our breakout sessions at rivervalleynetwork.org as well as the main sessions on our river valley network youtube channel so if you miss conference you can check it out there we'd love to see you next year at conference in july and we know it's going to be an amazing time we had a great year this year and i wouldn't be the same without you next year so make sure to bring a team join us for conference in july and we'll have a new episode coming out soon